This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush. And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle bells. Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by your hardworking friends at Mountainland Supply. For all your plumbing and irrigation needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com. Joe joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease now through December 26th. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joe, good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. This is the Christmas edition of the Joe Ingles Show right here. It's not Christmas yet. I know, but by the time we talk to you again, Christmas will be over. So this will have to well, do. Well, we miss it. Well, bad luck. We miss out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we've talked a lot about, you know, new guys, and everybody's got to get used to playing together. And I was watching the five of you finish – uh, finish off that win over Atlanta, and I was thinking, you know, Mike's been hurt, and he's been in and out of the lineup, and maybe there's some issues with the bench that have to be ironed out and all that, but I was watching the confidence the five of you played, and I thought some of the guys are really starting to connect. Do you feel connected to those guys, all the stuff Quinn talks about when you're out there in those situations? Um, yeah, uh, I think it's uh, I think it's getting better and better. Um I, I mean, I even think, kind of like what you said. I think, I think the bench together is starting to figure out the way that they play and the, what they can do, and um, the way that group can be good out there. I think, um, obviously, that kind of starting group that started last night, the one, kind of the one without Mike, um, that that started a couple of weeks before he when he was out as well. Um, we. We've played a lot of uh, a lot of minutes together now. Um, so same thing. We're, we're figuring out things that work, things that don't work. Um, kind of, I guess, the way we like to play um, as a group of, of five, and um, and then when those other guys kind of come in off the bench, figuring out the best way that, that we can that we can win win games. So um, uh, I mean, I think it's getting better. Uh, I I always and knew it was going to take time. You, you never know how much time it's going to take. Um, but, but I'm obviously, like I said, I'm confident that, that we're figuring it out. Ha ha, Joe, you got to start and you got to take shots. No more, oh, I'm just going to fit in. Nope, you're going to be an integral part. Have you accepted it yet? I mean, I always knew I was going to be an integral part. I just, I'm not going to go out there and shoot 20 shots, but I'll shoot the shots that come to me. And you're going to get really mad at me because I'm going to say the same thing that I've said for five years. Um, I'm not going to take shots that aren't within the flow of the offense. I'm not going to force anything. Um, I'm going to take the shots that come to me. I'm going to take the shots that are within our offense. And they're going great. If not, I'll make another impact another way. So the other night I was. You can I, just record that answer for me, and, and I say, "Hey, but you're you're going to hey, shoot I'm, more." I, I'm gonna, you are going I'm gonna to say, shoot hey, more. Hey, I'm going to give the same answer. You press the button, and it just plays that answer. 
<laughs> we'll do it 20 years from now when you're in Australia. <laughs> uh, the, the, the other night, I was about ready to cuss you out. It was uh, against, uh, you, you had the ball against the Magic, and you were right in, over by where Gail Miller sits, and you had a shot, and you passed it to Donovan in the corner, and as you're getting ready to pass it, I'm thought, Joe, shoot the ball. You were hot that night, but Mitchell no, made the quick, shot, quick. so you got off the hook. If you saw the whole possession... Did you, did you see the whole possession? Yeah, Donovan drove. He got underneath the hoop. He threw it out into the left corner, swung it around the perimeter. I think everybody touched it. But you did hesitate to let a guy run at you when you were open. And then you ball faked him, and you did get him in the air. As the late Chick Hearn said, the popcorn machine. And then you threw it to Donovan in the corner. You really did have a choice, uh, Joe. I did. And if that guy, I think it was Fournier, if Fournier had hesitated a second, I would have shot it. But being the lethal threat that I am, he had to run at me. <laughs> and I think, honestly, I think that, um, uh, I mean, I don't know of the course of the year or how long I've been here, but I think that's one of the best plays that um, I've been involved with. And I don't, not saying that is in um, anything funny or anything, but I think the, the fact that for Donovan to be able to see, like that's a, that's a hard play to make jumping up in the air, throwing it to the corner and then for him not to just stand under the hoop and expect one of us to shoot it or whatever to get back out and for us to all, like you said, everyone I think everyone touched the ball, maybe Rudy didn't because he set the pick but Rudy got the, the, the drive initiated with, with Donovan and um, and that's like that's the way we want to play, we're, we're an unselfish team we want to make an extra pass um, we want to turn a good shot into a great shot. So I think that just um, really shows the, the way we want to play and for it to work out that way and for Donovan to, to start it and then to get the shot and make it, I think it, uh, I think it was a really good play. So, there, take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it went in, so all's well. <laughs> well, the fact is that uh, as you look at these, you've won four in a row and five out of six. And as you look at this run, you have been shooting more. You've also been shooting a higher percentage. Uh, and so things seem to be trending. It, it goes back to what I said about just a comfort level as you guys play together. You're up to about 10 shots a game now during this uh, winning streak, and that corresponds with a hot streak from you as your, uh, your three-point percentage is climbing here. You've been, you know, you've been shooting 50% from the arc this month. That slow start seems like a thing of the past. You've got, you got a good 10-game stretch here where that thing's going in. Um, no, I didn't know I was shooting that. Um, thanks for bringing it up and probably ruining it. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, I think, I mean, I think for me, like I said early on, I think it was just finding that um, my kind of role within the team. Um, obviously, originally I was coming off the bench and I was kind of figuring it out. And um, I think for me, starting... When I when I went back into the starting lineup, when Mike went uh, when Mike got injured, um, it kind of just like it it, it was an automatic, um, natural kind of <laughs> easy thing for me. To, that that was easier for me than it was at the start of the year coming off the bench. I knew in the starting lineup, kind of, I'd done it for three years. I, d- I just knew the way I needed to play and. Um, it's funny, as kind of stupid as it sounds, that was a lot easier than it was at the start of the year, coming off the bench, trying to figure it out. So, um, 
again, I'm not going to force anything, but I think with, with the guys I've, I've been starting with, obviously they're, they're pretty big threats, having Boyan out there, Rudy on the rim, Donovan, Bruce, uh, Royce shooting 45% of whatever on the year. Um, you, you're going to get looks. Me and him, me and Royce are probably the two that are going to get probably the most open looks. And um, I said it at media the other week or two when I started. And I think for me and him, it's um, we can do a really good job of getting those three easy looks. Um, Royce's penetration, um, obviously his floor spacing, me creating. I think we can get Donovan and Boyan and Rudy some some early some easy early looks. Um, and that's what we're kind of out there to do. You spoke of making these decisions, and it's clear whether you're driving and you got Rudy, and so you decide, well, I'm going to ball fake or I'm going to lob it to him and I'm going to go to the hoop and all. They're all split-second decisions that you're literally making right in the moment. How do you get to that point to be able to make those correct split-second decisions? Uh, I think just over time. Um Obviously, you watch film, you, you practice. You, you, I've spent a lot of time with Rudy and pick and roll and um, fave over the fave over the years, and and I think starting to figure it out now with Ed as well. Um, but yeah, it is a, it's a split second decision. I think for me, it's um, unlike kind of Donovan and and whoever Trey Young, these guys. I'm not gonna just beat someone off the dribble with speed and and blow by them. So for me, it's using using the timing, the angles. Um, I wait a, a second longer for Rudy to, to take maybe another half a step to get a crack on my guy so I know he's out of the play. And then once I know I've got kind of my guy out of the play, it's it's kind of three on one on the back, or three on two on the backside with, with me with the ball, Rudy rolling down and, and maybe Royce or Boyan in that corner. Um and then, yeah, you just got to, I mean, it's, it, I guess it is, it, it's tough. Um, it, it probably looks, sometimes the way we do it, it probably looks really easy. But in that that moment of the ball, you've got, like you said, maybe a split second, one or two seconds, depending on what it is, to, to make that decision and make, for me, making the defender make a decision. So I, I'm trying to make whoever it is, Alex Wen. Commit to me, commit to Rudy, or or or, or neither. <laughs> um, and yeah, like you said, within that second, you've got to got to make the right decision. I think that's obviously why there's turnovers in the game because there, there's good defenders out there too as well. So um, yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's it's something uh, I I love playing pick and roll. Um, I love playing pick and roll with Rudy, and um, yeah, it's just something that you part of the game and uh, something I really enjoy. So since I gave you that stat about three-point shooting that you didn't want, I'll give you a stat you do want. Your assists have doubled this month, and I think it goes back to that whole comfortability and everybody reading each other, and you've gone from three assists to six assists a game. But I'm trying to decide if you're better at what PK just talked about, the split-second decision with the ball, or if you're better at the split-second decision with words. Because we've interviewed you a lot, and you are very good (laughs) at hearing the subtleties in a question and dealing with some of the assumptions that are in questions and making sure that you're a good teammate when you're on the air. And I've talked to people in the organization about that. And if they didn't think you were a good teammate, you probably still wouldn't be doing this, honestly. Um, and you make these split-second decisions, but also you talk to all the guys, and you will jam them up. You're not a softie either. 
So how do you decide when you can tease something about somebody and take a shot and maybe deliver a subtle message and when something is over the top and out of bounds and it's really better off if you don't go there and you just leave it alone? Because I've seen a couple situations and I could throw a couple at you right now and I'm really not sure which way you'd go except that it would probably prove to be the right way in the long run, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, it's... um it's it's interesting. It's tough. I think. I think you. Um, for me, I try and kind of pick and choose. There's. I think there's times that, um, and I'm obviously definitely guilty of it as well. But um, probably saying or, or doing or reacting at the wrong time. Um, you never want to. And this is the one thing that I try and stay conscious of. You, you never want to embarrass a teammate or. Um, say something loud enough or something that someone else hears and another player or a fan or, a, um, or even a coach or, or a media member, whoever it is. Um, you never want to embarrass a teammate. I, I would never want to be embarrassed in, in front of my teammates or whatever. I, so I, I try and do the, the same thing. I think that there is times that you probably maybe maybe the maybe it's crossed the line or, or whatever it is um, in the heat of a a moment or a game um, an important possession whatever it is that you um, you just you can't control your emotion it's an emotional game um, that's the conversation we always have with the referees about about technical fouls it's an emotional game and um, players are going to react at times so. Um, we're all out there, obviously trying to win. So that's the the hard part. I think I think for me, my my reactions are probably the the the, the baddest out of those kind of couple of things. I think sometimes my reactions or my my arms, I throw my arms up in the air, or whatever, is is something I'm trying to get better at because, I, like I said, I don't want to embarrass my teammates or, or make them feel like it's all their fault. Because if I'm involved in something, then then I'm a part of it too. If I'm on the court, I'm a part of it as well. So. Um, just picking and choosing the times. I think um, I honestly probably go at Rudy the most, but me and Rudy have got a great relationship that he knows I mean it in a good way. Um, or I might say something to him in the heat of the moment, and then when we get to a timeout, I'm, I'll kind of explain myself of, of why. Um, or he'll, he'll bring up a point back to me that's completely valid, and I'll say, yeah, you're right. That's my fault. Like, my bad, and let's move on to the next one. So... Um, it's a fine line. Um, I'm definitely not uh, afraid or, or whatever to say what I feel or what I think at the time, no matter who it is, Donovan to the, the two-way guys, whoever it is. Um, but I do think it's it's about finding the right time and the right the right way to say it. I know the traditions uh, or the weather for back home this time of year is drastically different, but do you bring any Australian traditions with you for Christmas? No, just some Australian people. Um, that's probably about it. We've got um, some some friends actually coming over for Christmas, and then um, Renee's parents coming over right after Christmas. They're they're going to have Christmas with with their family and come over right after that. But um, yeah, pretty low key. Um, I think it's pretty similar to you guys. We yeah, just get up and open the presents. I think. Uh, Renee used to call me the Grinch because I was never really into Christmas. Um, and then since having the kids, it's, uh, it's definitely changed the, the excitement that they have leading up to it, especially now being kind of three and a half. Um, 
the excitement they have leading up to it is is pretty cool. And now I know how my parents felt when when we were kids. It's it's a pretty cool feeling to have um, these kids uh, so excited to to go to bed and to wake up. So it's pretty pretty low key, but yeah, just to just be out with the kids and spend the day. I think we played on the twenty sixth, right? So um, not too many beers. Well, Joe, hey, I appreciate the gift that you're giving my wife and I. We'll be over Christmas morning to pick up the keys. What's that? What am I giving you? <laughs> it's a surprise. You just, house, you just you told me it was, you just told me it had wheels. You didn't exactly tell yeah. me what. So we'll find out Christmas morning. Thank you. One Lamborghini. So I've, got my, I've got my own. Really expensive, bad hobby and obsession with cars. I, I'm, I'm not buying any for anyone else. <laughs> Just one of your knockoffs, your leftovers, Joe. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. You want to? I drive. To... I drive a. Ford, I drive a Ford Raptor. That's, that's what I. Good to know. go. There's nothing special about that. My wife drives right. a Ford Raptor. All right, Joe. We don't want to make you late. We know you got to run. Thanks for a few minutes. Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you uh, when you get back to town. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to all the, the Joe Ingalls fans out there. Um, Merry Christmas. Everyone stay safe, and we'll chat soon. All right. Thank you, Joe. There is Joe Ingalls, and he's got a bus to catch, so he's got to go. Yeah. Can't be, can't be late. No. All right, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone with The Road Home. The Mediathon continues. You can help out right now. we got to thank Kyle for this donation, PK. Look at that number. Ooh, 10 grand. Yeah. Wow. wow. Kyle, thank you very much. And X96 is going to be horrified when that hits the big board across the way. Good work, Kyle. Helping out a lot of people here at The Road Home. Road Home Mediathon continues. 801 819 7300 theroadhome.org you can donate online you can house a family for $17 for one night 801-819-7300 DJ and PK it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and now attention top of the wire on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network the Jazz beat the Atlanta Hawks 111-106. They are off today. They'll play Charlotte in Charlotte tomorrow. That's a 3 o'clock game, Mountain Time. It's very early. 3 o'clock Mountain Time, pregame at 2 o'clock. Tonight on The Zone, you can listen to Utah State in their bowl game with Kent State. That game kicks off at 5.30 on ESPN2. Pregame show with Scotty G in Texas starts at 4.30 on 1280 The Zone. The big show will be over on 97.5 The Zone. Weaver State plays James Madison tomorrow night. FCS semifinals, 4.30 on ESPNU. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Homie. Buying or selling a home? Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. Big show. Big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? I wore my flat cap to the 21 Pilots concert and I thought, I bet I'm the only person in this entire building wearing a hat like this. You know, you told us that story yesterday. I did not. Yes, you did. But it's, did it's, I tell you, it you on the this air? story a yeah. hundred times. Let's move on. This is where you should have played the drop. I've heard this story. I, I would just it. played it. He did just oh, play it. Well, I was too busy doing something else. Okay, so we're both, what what right? we're both not listening or paying attention, but at least that's something he played. It's not something I said. You know, a story I really like is the time 
time Jake went to the 21 Pilots. <laughs> yeah, you remember concert? that? And he had a, he had like a cap weird on? cap on. Yeah. yeah. Turn this out. Catch the Big Show. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. One of the reasons I think early that we were a little stagnant because, you know, we want him to be that aggressive at the right time in the game. It's hard to do that for 36, 38 minutes. So for us to be able to move the ball and everybody touch it and have it come back to him, and you know, that's the key for us is to trust each other. And then obviously at the end of the game, we trust on him. There's Quinn Snyder, the Utah Jazz. The bench issues continue, PK. And they were down six with about nine minutes to go, and they were giving up layups and dunks. It was a parade to the rim. Quinn called timeout, put Rudy back in. Other starters followed shortly. And order was restored, and the Jazz win again, four in a row, five out of six. So what you're saying is not order in the court, order on the court. Exactly. Well put. <laughs> a little change, a little preposition right there. Changes everything. Yeah. Well, I would expect that against Atlanta particularly without their big guy Collins and Lens a big guy, but they were going small, and the Jazz needed to take advantage of that. And Trey Young, he's a nice, exciting player. I mean, he had 28 shots. Wow, that's a lot of shots uh, for our second-year player. And it was just cool to see, all right, we're better than you. We've let you hang around for a while, and now we're going to put you away. And he went fairly comfortably. Rudy uh, could have been bigger. He missed four free throws right there at the end. So that brings up the point. You know, Rudy wants to be an all-star. He teared up last year. He's been the defensive player of the year twice. They've got a better record. And with their record, they might get two all-stars, so nobody have to choose between Donovan and Rudy. They could both go. It's going to be so that, tough. That might, yeah. It might play out that way, though. There's still some more games to go. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but I'm thinking the difference between a 20 and a 25-point game is Rudy hitting his free throws. Last night, yeah. He was 10 of 19. That's not and good that was, No. That was the um, one of the things I was thinking of when I was talking to Joe Ingles about what can you say, what can't you say. You know, can you say, hey, Rudy, if you want to go to an all-star game, make your free throws and be a 25-point-a-game guy? Or if that doesn't help him make his free throws, then there's no – if that just puts more pressure on him and he misses more, there's no point in saying that, you know? So – I think it was circumstantial. And they actually, those last the four, last four didn't matter. clutch. Yeah. They weren't. No, the game was over. Yeah. So that, that that's been, a great time to miss them. That would have been padding the stats. It would have, yeah. And yet, nonetheless, that happens in lots of NBA games, lots of players, lots of teams. It was a multiple possession game, so fortunately. And I guess he made the people happy because they have like a Chick-fil-A thing. And they won that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the food is. They get free food, clearly, the way they were cheering. Yeah, so I think that's just Rudy being a nice guy. And then he got out of his rhythm. (laughs) Okay, let's go with that. So, but they, they, you know, they needed that win. They need to go to two and one on this trip, because you're playing inferior teams by record anyway, and you, know, you only play these teams twice a year. So beat them both times, and it's for a total of four victories. I mean, why not? Because you're going to have tough games down the line, and so now you, you know none of these games are back to back. Tomorrow, Charlotte is a three o'clock our time start. So go over to Charlotte and uh, take care of business. That's not a long trip, obviously, from Atlanta up to Charlotte. And beat those guys, too. We got some football amidst all this basketball. We got the Aggies bowl game today as they go for win number eight in Frisco, Texas against Kent State. Not that we know that much about Kent State, but they had to get that. Oh, I, I saw Kent State play a little bit earlier this year. The Devils got them. One of their seven big wins. Yeah. Knocked them off earlier in the year. 
yeah, I don't know a whole lot about Kent State. And if, I, if I'm Jordan Love, this is going to sound probably, you know, a little bit uh, off color. But I think he should go out on a high. Oh, clever. <laughs> really smoke him, huh? Wow. Is that what you're getting wow. at? <laughs> you know, actually, I thought I meant it because he's going, <laughs> he's going into the NFL. Yeah. So I was, even if what supposedly happened, I don't know what happened, even if that hadn't occurred, I was going to say he should go, he should want to go out on a high into the NFL. But then I realized with the other stuff, uh-oh. People are going to take it wrong, so I might as well just admit it up front. Just own it. There yeah. it is. But I honestly, I would have said that irregardless. To quote as uh, apparently a senator on the floor in Congress, so get off my back. I'm just repeating yeah. what our elected leaders say. So irregardless, I was going to say that, and then I realized as I was about to say it, wait a second, I got something here that could get a smirk. And the, what do you call that when he plays that sound? Does that have a name? Sad trombone? I don't know. I, I don't know if it, it has a... bad joke sound on our... Our yeah, board. I didn't know if it had a specific it's a, name. Well, it's, a, it's the sound it's effect from, from The Price yeah, is Right. Price is Right when they screw They actually up. use that. Uh, in addition to losing to Arizona State, Kent State lost at Auburn and at Wisconsin. So when you throw out the money games... That's three big teams that they is, shouldn't even be is. playing. And they did have a gimme win. They did play a lower division team. So they won you can three say, straight to make a bowl game. Right. Yeah. So when you look at their league record, so they were three and, three and six at one point. Correct. They're five and they're five and three in the game. They in the where Big Twelve. They really, they're in the MAC. Oh. And the Ron McBride conference. They lost to Toledo, thirty-five, thirty-three. Totally do. Yeah, totally do. Right. Yeah. So that game's coming up today at five thirty. And then Weber State and James Madison tomorrow, expecting a low-scoring defensive struggle. The last time they were there, thirty-one twenty-eight, up and down the field in the playoffs a couple of years ago. The talents changed over, and they both won low-scoring defensive struggles in the quarterfinals. It'd be odd if this turned into some kind of high-scoring game. I wouldn't expect that. I would not either, but I don't know. Then in small, you got the battle between Kevin Graham and David James. That's right. The New Mexico Bowl. Central Michigan and San Diego State. Is that on TV? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> now it is. ESPN owns it, so it has a, has a good deal. I'm just kidding. Oh, sure you are. They had a fake company at one time sponsoring it. You know, good times. Mm. The Cougars can, played there once. They did. Aggies have been there, too. That's correct. And now the Aztecs in Central Michigan will pack another one or 2,000 people into the old. Is it Dream-style oh, stadium? No. Uh, Dream-style stadium, yep. They're yeah. just they're jacked about Danny Gonzalez. I expect them to be out in droves. <laughs> it's a football town now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You got Danny G. <laughs> uh, Scotty G said that was one of the smallest crowds he's ever seen a college football game in front of. Utah State was down there, and the wind was blowing. It was the last game, and Bob Davies already said, I'm out of here. The yeah. coaching search is on. And, uh, yeah, that was pretty uh, – not, not a whole lot not a whole lot going on. You can get some nasty crowds there. You can get some nasty wind there. There's maybe more than not nasty crowds, but low crowds. And I've been there uh, in a windstorm when BYU won like 10 to 7 or 10 to 3 or something. Yeah. And the wind was just howling, man. Tumbleweeds were everywhere. All right, so the uh, college basketball this weekend. Can the Utes back up that Kentucky win by beating San Diego State? 
they beat San Diego State, then I'm I'm expecting Sweet 16. Sweet. Tim Allen, Player of the Year. Every time you say Tim Allen, you're referencing the Christmas stuff because it's Christmas, and I keep seeing him talking to the neighbor who only put the eyes over the fence. <laughs> it's more the home improvement thing. <laughs> Had the three boys and, uh, you know, did the Tool Time show. I know. I'm well All about aware. the home improvement. I'm well aware of the show. But I always and... see that in the backyard talking to his neighbor. The neighbor's just that, the hat and the eyes. Every time you say Tim Allen, that's what I think. <laughs> Obviously, that's the his Ute, name, isn't it? Yes, obviously the Ute, is, the Ute Timmy Allen is coming off a very good game. We'll see if he backs that up too. Oh, so like Chance the rapper, the Ute Timmy Allen, the Ute <laughs> Timmy Allen. Well, uh, Timmy Allen being a fairly popular combination of names. Right, that's why I'm trying to differentiate by calling him Tim Allen. Okay, <laughs> I don't think that's what you're doing, but we'll go with that if it makes you feel better. All right, so that's all the sports on the weekend in front of us. There was a little recruiting news, too, a little college football we talked about earlier in the show to get you up to date. Kyle Whittingham, NCAA rules, when he had his press conference on recruiting day, this first signing day, he could not mention it by name, but he did say we've got a few scholarships left, but we could be down to two or three, maybe one, depending on how things play out. Well, didn't they land two stars yesterday? Or two, excuse me, two four-stars yesterday. Yes. Yes. Uh, the local kid here from Juan Diego. Diego and then this Xavier uh, what's Carlton it? and Clark What's Phillips. the other kid's name? Phillips? Clark Phillips, the second. Philip, uh, Wilson Phillips he got? La- Not, Wilson Phillips. Not Wilson uh, Phillips. Uh, uh, Wilson Phillips is a, they got range. And so he's a four-star who's committed to Ohio State. And that gets your mind. You, you didn't know he was a California kid. I didn't know. So For some a, reason, I thought he was a Midwest kid thinking, wow, they're going to get a kid from the Midwest to come out here, somehow that seems better. Like, the Sun Devils are all excited about this running back, uh, Trahan, I think his name is, and he's from Akron, and he's 5'11", 220, and they're just pumping him up like crazy. And he's he blew off schools, including Ohio State, back there. Well, this kid here, Phillips, is a California kid, and the Utes, like they were a few years back when they got Jalen Johnson, they're losing all the defensive backs. So his butt belongs here. It's still a great get. I'm not saying that, but California kids should be in the back. Yeah, what are you going to go to Ohio State for? That doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, we're seeing more and more that the whole country feels entitled to go into California and take away the best players. Right, which means Ohio State has probably got nine of you. Here, you come in, and you're probably going to be playing, if not starting from day one. And in three years, if things go your way, it's off to the NFL in 2022 and that would be awesome and we'll see if that kid turns out to be all that but he's got a credentials and they're they're jacked to, to get this kid and good on them man and obviously you need help in that db uh, corner secondary nickel you need help everywhere every which way because you lose so many guys and so why not get a stud in here and then they're supposed to get some athlete lawler who's supposed to commit out of the southern california area also today and he is a cornerback. Uh, Maybe they might even lead him, move him the linebacker. You never know. 6'3", 190 right now. So my guess he's lean and mean and has an opportunity to put some... Uh poundage on them and maybe they could move up and they've certainly had a lot of success with moving guys up so here's the question do they have to reload the way you pick them to in 2017 and ultimately they did that team was seven and six or with transfer quarterbacks more experience 
bringing in four-star kids who it looks like they might be able to plug them right into the starting lineup. Yes, and I get your point, and I think it all depends on this quarterback. You know, we've only had a week to process this, right. and we'll see how it plays out in spring ball and training camp in August. So to say yes to all that, I think that we need to see some level of comp- competence out of him. And uh, he's, he's had some games. Last year against Virginia wasn't very good, but, you know, he, right. Kyle made sure to mention he threw Clemson. 500 yards against Clemson. That's eye-catching, obviously, although I don't know that any Utah quarterback is ever going to throw for 500 yards in a game because I don't know that the system will allow them to do that. Uh, so can what can he do? So if he can play well, then... Yeah, maybe eight, nine wins in the regular season, which would be outstanding coming off an 11-win season if you're at Utah, I think. Well, nobody's won the division three years in a row. In the oh, Pac-12. break them up at that point. Right. So that's a tough ask. And I do think in the way-too-early prediction of the – it's a prediction of a prediction, predicting what will happen in the Pac-12 preseason poll. They're going to pick SC to win the division. SC, Next year? SC, ASU. Oh, I don't know about that. SC, ASU, Utah, one, two, three. I'm not so sure about that, man. Are going to pick your Devils? Are they going to pick the uh, Utes I, again? I, possibly either of those two. You know, Utah, uh, the, everybody seems to be down on Kelton, yeah. and, and he sucks. The only people who think he's good, apparently, are the decision makers at SC. But everybody else and their dog, Matt Leinart, going after their recruiting on Twitter. Big time. Yeah. yeah. Saying uh, Oregon never used to stroll to Southern California, and now it's open season for the whole country in the state of California. USC used to get the best of the best there. Well, yeah, obviously. They would pay more than Oregon, so yeah, they would get them. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, you know... The, the budget crunch in uh, Southern California, they don't ha- quite have the resources anymore. <laughs> I don't think there's any uh, shortage of cash. Well, yeah, I mean, you look at that, uh, that Kayvon Thibodeau, number five for Oregon. He's right out of the Ventura area, Oxnard. And he was a freshman. He was all over the place two weeks ago tonight. I mean, we remember him, right? Number yep. five. I mean, he was he was listed as the number one recruit in the and country. And that's USC country. And, and he decides to go to Oregon. And they just plugged him in there. And I thought, as I've gone back and looked at the game, I've watched it three times since, he clearly looked like a college version of Lawrence Taylor. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. That is the stuff we've been talking about during this show. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Your feedback is coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Kalani Sataki kind enough to join us. I was thinking back to our time there at BYU and these bowl games. We had a lot of fun events, you know, going out to rodeos, going to Elvis Presley's house, you know, had rental cars, moved all over the place, had a blast. You know, being a teammate with Hans Olsen and knowing some of the stuff that he tried to get away with on the road, does that prepare you as a coach on some of the stuff that your players may try to uh, get away with? Oh, yeah. We call it the Hans approach. That's what, uh, <laughs> Hans is over here talking about rodeos and going to Elvis Presley's house. I forgot we even did that when I went to the bowl game. <laughs> I just remember Sean King kicking our butt that year, you know, so. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK, it is time for your feedback. Everything you'd like to say about this show, it's brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. So, PK, put the question up on, uh, you put it up on Facebook last night about how much fun it is, or how much fun is it to watch Donovan Mitchell take over close games offensively with Rudy taking him over defensively. And I put it up on Twitter, and it got 78 likes. Nobody wanted to comment on it. They're like, yeah, that's fun. Click. <laughs> yes, I'm enjoying that. Click. Yeah, it is, it is really fun to see Donovan Mitchell emerge. I said it earlier this morning. It, it, you have to take this in the context. But at the end of games, when he's got the ball and he's up top and everybody's down low or wherever they might be getting ready, whether it's Bogdanovich or Rudy to come set a pick, it reminds me a lot of a mini LeBron. That's what LeBron does. We've seen it a million times over. And he's not LeBron, obviously, but in his context, he's LeBron. So you're seeing him grow as a player and mature and basically dominate the end of games on the offensive end and then go bear dominate games at the end on defense and, i mean that's a that's a combination it's obviously going to win you a lot of games you need more but that's a pretty good way to go donovan with another 30 game that's eight of them this year oh he's clearly better than he's yes, ever been absolutely he's now averaging 25.2 yeah. points a game and we talked about when he was a 20-point scorer, well, there's so much upside. Can he get to 25? And he's there now. Right. And that there's only 12 guys in the league. I think he's 12th now. I think there's 14 guys at 25. And he's 23. Guys. Right. And there still might be a little more upside. And oh, even I think if there, there is, isn't yeah. more points per game, to your point, there's going to be more clutch points. He's getting more comfortable in the fourth quarter. He's getting more comfortable at the end of close games. And the clutch points, I would trade a few points a game for a few clutch points. Those clutch points are more valuable. Yeah, I think he's right where you want him to be, knowing that he's 23 years of age and has some room to go. We were discussing uh, brutal losses. And that brought us to what is the most painful loss in college sports in our state's history? Because if we go pro, then it's obviously going to be Jordan and the Bulls in the NBA Finals. But college, right now with 44% of the votes, Utah-Kentucky, the 1998 Final. 26% for the Utes and Oregon in the Pac-12 title game. 24% for Utah, nine in a row for BYU. And 5% for other. See, I think if they would have gotten the Rose Bowl and won the Pac-12 title in their ninth year, that is an incredible accomplishment. They didn't get it done, but I think that is greater than going to the Final Four. Because I think it's yeah, harder. You've got greater, more guys. But is it greater than winning the national championship? Well, I mean, they didn't either. Right. So <laughs> we're, we're dealing from the loss perspective on both. But, yeah, if they win in the national title, that's another story. But winning the Pac-12, and they haven't done it, but if they would have, either in the eighth and ninth year, that would have been far better than I anticipated them doing. Because you look at some programs, Arizona's in its 40th year and still hasn't done it. And let me repeat that. Arizona's in its 40th year and still hasn't done it. Sell it, PK. (laughs) 1998 for sure, Matt says. We had it. It was right there. We had hope for a modern natty. And it slipped away. On the other hand, Oregon owned us from the start. It was for a bowl game that is great, or possibly a playoff spot. We never really felt like we had it. Yeah, okay. Well, what we do have here, the zone, as we leave you this morning, there's the tote board right over there, and the zone is number one. You can see it. That a kid. Thank you to everyone who's already donated. 801. 
801-719-7300. Or go online to theroadhome.org. We'll see you Sunday night on Talking Sports. Tony Nostiner coming up next.